a desert planet with twin suns. Hello there. It's over, Anakin! I have the high ground! That's f***ing Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to our final Obi-Wan Kenobi review and breakdown. We're going to be talking about the finale today, which was, like I've been saying a lot recently, an absolute banger. So, without further ado, let's dive into I Have Spoken One Last Time. I Have Spoken. Alright, so like normal, I'm going to be starting with my non-spoiler review, followed by my full spoiler review and breakdown. And then, since this is the last episode, I'm also going to give a review of the whole season, kind of all together, uh, having experienced it all at this point. And then I'll round it out with uh, some theories for where uh, future projects might be headed and just some theories about some loose ends that might be left from the show. So, uh, that being said, this is my non-spoiler review. If I had to choose something to complain about, it's that they spread the story a little too thin. It watered down the episode as a whole and probably could have been another 10 minutes longer or so to let some of the impactful moments breathe a bit. But that being said, I absolutely loved it. There was action and emotion, and I definitely cried at least twice, if not more like three times. And this show was, as a whole was kind of all over the place, but I'm happy with this ending. So if you haven't watched the show yet, or if you haven't watched this episode, then I would highly recommend you uh, stop listening to the episode now. It will still be here once you're done, but the last thing I want to do is spoil anything for you. So this is your official spoiler warning. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Now let's dive into the meat of this episode because I have a lot to say. So with the very beginning, it's very, it gave me a new hope vibes with the Star Destroyer chasing the shuttle through space. Uh, Roken, who's the kind of the leader of the path, he's a fantastic character and I hope we get to see him woven into more Star Wars lore down the line. And I also, I, I really liked the interactions between um, Leia and Obi-Wan. I liked um, how adamant she is that he doesn't go. She's like, you promised you would get me home. And I, I definitely teared up when he found Lola in his, in his robe. Uh, that, that she had sent with him when he went down to, to fight Vader. And that being said, the planet that they that they fought on whenever Obi-Wan was landing, I was like, oh boy. Like, what? Stuff's about to go down. Like, I mean, that was, oh, the setting was fantastic. And the fight, oh my gosh, I love, love, love it. I, this is the biggest thing. I wish that we had gotten more time to see Kenobi go from who he was in episode three to who he was in this fight, but man, it was amazing regardless. The, the opening line, it's, is, uh, are you here to destroy me, Obi-Wan? And then, I will do what I must, which is his line from Revenge of the Sith, for those of you who didn't catch it, right before they, they fight. And then, in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin says, you will try. In this one, Vader says then you will die. Which is what he says to Ahsoka in Rebels during their confrontation. Uh, whenever Ahsoka says, I'm not going to leave you, not this time. But, and then Vader says, then you will die. It's, oh, chills. Literal chills. I, like, the number of times that I like, the only word that I can describe it is I giggled. 
I like the that's the only way that I could properly describe the sounds that came from my body while watching this. I felt like a little kid and it was fantastic. It, oh man. Obi-Wan did the pose where like he he holds the lightsaber above his head and points the two fingers. He did <laughs> like I you uh, you can hear it in my voice. Vader was terrifying. Like if you if you compare the way that Vader fights in his first fight with Obi-Wan in episode three, and then like him fighting Reva in the previous episode versus how he fights in this episode, it is staggering. The difference is huge. And like he was going absolutely all out in this fight. Uh, and something that's very interesting is that Obi-Wan starts very aggressive and then eventually kind of gets the upper hand by focusing on more defensive moves and counterattacks, which is what he excels at. He's a master of form three of lightsaber combat called Sorsu, which was the defensive form. And that's how he was able to uh, operate so well against foes like Grievous and Anakin is that he was able to essentially outlast them in the long run. And, um, and it was just so great. And an interesting thing is Vader is arguably more powerful than Kenobi and always has been. But as we saw in the flashback, he has a chip on his shoulder that leaves him very vulnerable because he is very unbalanced and blinded by a need for, at this point, both revenge and victory. And at the same time, Obi-Wan is uh, very centered in his sureness of himself and probably the most powerful most powerful that we've ever seen him, and that's why he emerges victorious from this fight. He finds his strength in Leia and Luke, his responsibility and his reason for this fight. And he knows that they are the future. He's just the one that's guiding him there. He knows that he's uh, an anachronism at this point, that that Luke and Leia are the true futures of, if not the Jedi, then the galaxy. He even says that to the people, the refugees on board the transport. He says, y'all are the future, and y'all have already done so much to help me. Let me return the favor. And that's what... Uh, that's what causes his strength. And I will say, I mean, all the stuff with the rocks and just the, how they used their environment was absolutely amazing. The the bit wherever Kenobi tries to collapse a uh, uh, like one of those stone formations onto Vader and Vader catches it and he's like, you've got your strength back. He's like, but you still have your weakness. And then he just hurls the, the thing away. I went, oh boy. Like, I mean, he's just insane. And then Vader got the high ground. Important thing to note, Vader did get the high ground in this fight. He created high ground for himself and then tried to bury Obi-Wan, which is interesting because before he was all about making Kenobi suffer, but this time he kind of let him just kind of suffocate to death, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, either way, Vader got the high ground in this episode, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and we get to see... I'm, or Excuse me, sorry. I'm, I'm all over the place, guys. I'm very excited to talk about this. Uh, in this episode, we get to see Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi on display. This is the Jedi who took out or will take out Darth Maul in a single cut. The one who knows that his purpose is to protect these children. And he knows that he cannot and will not let any harm befall to them. And uh, the scene where he hurls all the rocks at Vader was insane. I was talking with my brother about this. And um, it's just the, it's super interesting the way that um, Vader, you see him, he's like, he's he, it's super physical with the way that he throws the stones and like he's very 
aggressive with it, but Kenobi just stands there with his arms outstretched and these rocks just levitate behind him, and then he hurls them at Vader, and it is just, oh boy, it gave me chills. It was so, the entire thing gave me chills. It was just so good, and I love that Kenobi played dirty and started targeting the respirator, and then the exchange when uh, whenever Vader's helmet was open was so unsettling but also so emotional and awesome and I did I started like full-on crying whenever Kenobi was apologizing to Anakin and probably the most interesting thing was Kenobi's was Vader's response to Kenobi and I don't know if this was like pride or some sort of twisted compassion but he kind of relieves Kenobi of his guilt by saying that he was the one to kill Anakin not Kenobi and when I say pride it's like I'm the one that did it. He doesn't want Kenobi to take credit for it. But then part of me thinks, oh, it could also be like this this mercy that he's extending towards him. He's like, hey, you didn't do this. I did this. This is me. And I don't know which it is because this is very interesting. This is a very interesting thing about Vader. He's been Vader for 10 years. But he's obviously still very, very conflicted. There's still some Anakin in there. He's not the Vader that we see in Rogue One, he's still very unbalanced, very, very broken still. And um, and that was super interesting to see. And I saw a video talking about this as well, that this scene really helped reconcile the, um, the Anakin and Vader disconnect that I think a lot of people, including myself, uh, that encountered. And this is a, this is a channel called Eckhart's Ladder, uh, on on YouTube, he talked about this in one of his clips, and I would highly recommend you check him out. He has some great content, but um, he's talking about how this scene, like getting to see and hear Anakin's voice mingled with James Earl Jones, and like see him behind the mask, it was super super interesting, and especially because I feel like a lot of the time, especially since they're two separate trilogies, it's hard to kind of contextualize because we know intuitively that Anakin is Vader and vice versa, but like, they're very, very different. They're almost different people. And so it, it, th- this was a very cool bridge between the two characters to kind of show that, yeah, he's still Anakin under that mask. And um, I think that a fun detail as well is that Kenobi cut the left side of Vader's mask, Ahsoka cut the right half of Vader's mask, and then Luke removes the whole thing, so with that information what you will but I thought that that was a cool little detail whether or not it was actually intentional um once again the mix of Vader and Anakin's voice was perfect very Rebels-esque and I loved it the colors in the scene with Kenobi's blue lighting Vader's face sometimes and Vader's red lighting his face sometimes was awesome Kenobi calls him Darth which I think adds so much meaning to him calling him Darth in A New Hope because like Obviously, if you're looking at this from an objective, uh, like from an objective stance, you think, okay, George Lucas didn't think of the title of Darth as being like a title at that point. That was just a name. But now we see that like Kenobi calls him Darth. He's like, goodbye, Darth, and that's like, it's it's like he's just another Sith. It's almost like derogatory. His brother and friend is gone, and now he's just he's just some guy, just some evil guy, and um, and that leads me to my biggest question. Why didn't Obi-Wan kill Vader? Like, I mean, he had him. He had him on the ropes. Why didn't he kill him? 
And the best answer that I have for that is that he realized that even though Vader was very badly injured, the fight was still going to go on for a while. And he had gotten the closure that he needed. And the more pressing issue was protecting the kids. And so he wouldn't want to waste any more time with Vader. But it's interesting because I feel like he was he was there. Like he was there. What I thought was going to happen was Vader was going to kind of get a second win and then Qui-Gon was going to show up and kind of distract Vader and allow Obi-Wan to escape. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that Qui-Gon was going to show up a couple other times before. I, I figured that that was going to be what happened was Qui-Gon was going to be the reason that Obi-Wan escaped in the end. But say la vie. I'll talk about Qui-Gon more in a little bit. But um, regardless of the fact that Obi-Wan didn't kill Vader, because obviously that would break canon, but um, I the whole fight was so well choreographed and produced, I was blown away, and I think it's honestly some of the best Star Wars content that we've gotten in a very, very long time. So I'm very, very pleased. And also, the, the muddled Vader-Anakin voice screaming, Obi-Wan! It was very big mall vibes, where he goes, Kenobi! You know? Um, it's just awesome. It's so good. It's just so good. So good, so good, so good, so good, so good. Uh, next up, we have Reva. I I don't know. I was kind of annoyed by her arc in this. I don't know that it counts as redemption to not kill a child. I think that generally that should be close to the bare minimum. Uh, I'm confused as to how she knew that Luke was Anakin's son. She kind of seemed to extrapolate that from Bale's message, even though it didn't really go into that only that there were important children that needed protecting, but, like, I don't know how she drew the conclusion that he was Anakin's son. Like, the the whole motivation for her going to Tatooine was very confusing. I'm still underwhelmed by her character. I think that she was a bit too big of a focus in this episode. In this show, honestly, having her as an antagonist kind of detracted from the entire show. It kind of, I think that most of the, this, this is the issue that I have with, with her. And it has nothing to do with the actress. It has nothing to do with anything. It has everything to do with just the character and how she operates within the show. Because the main conflict in the show should have been between Obi-Wan and Vader. For the most part, I think that was the case. But we had so much Reva content in there. And it's like, no, the Inquisitors really shouldn't have been in the show past episode three at the latest. Because once they draw Kenobi out, once Vader's on his trail, he should have been like, all right, see y'all later. Go go away. Go do whatever it is you guys do. I'm going to handle this now. She shouldn't have even been in the show past that point. But that's just me. I don't know. I, I just feel like it pulled focus. But I, I'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, I, I was really hopeful that Owen or Baru would take her out by surprise and then capture her. She would have a heart-to-heart with Kenobi that way. Um, I did really like their kind of final stand against her. I thought Baru was awesome. And I loved Owen's, like, he is my own. Like, it was so beautiful. I think that both of them are really, really great actors. Another thing is, she got stabbed. She got stabbed in the last episode. They didn't even acknowledge that. She had, like, a bit of a limp. But that was it. Like, I think that she should have gone, like, kind of a Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens berserker mode. And like she was, she was very out of it, but still just kind of slinging her lightsaber around. Maybe she gets shot a couple times, but she doesn't care. She's so angry that she's just trying to get her charge. And then she ends up getting Luke 
and she has this heart-to-heart with Kenobi, and then she lets go of that anger, and then she dies. Like, that would have been so powerful. But no, I don't know. It was a, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, I just have very mixed feelings about her character. I just don't find her very compelling. I thought that she was fine. I like her more than I did at the beginning of the show. But just overall, it was just kind of like a, eh. All right, let's talk about the ending real fast. Uh, Palpatine. An interesting thing in their confrontation is that uh, Vader still called Obi-Wan Master. He's like, farewell, my master, or something like that. And obviously he, like, it, uh, first of all, loves seeing Ian McDermott back as Palpatine. Always a pleasure. Um, but obviously he still has a great amount of emotion associated with Obi-Wan, which won't go away. Um, and so that was just super interesting to see. And obviously we got an Imperial March little little, uh, little score there. And I was like, ah, this is so good. That, that That's a great way to sum up my emotions in this episode. It was just, ah, like, it was like you know, just those kind of like weird little noises. Uh, let's talk about Alderaan next. Kenobi and Leia's reunion was awesome. It's just, oh, just so, so cute. I cried when he started describing Padme and Anakin to her. Uh, things, uh, and all I could think of was uh, things could have been so different. But I, I think I know why she didn't mention him in their in their connection and her message to him in A New Hope. But I'll talk about that in in the vision segment. Back to Tatooine. I loved his little exchange with Owen and how protective Owen is of Luke, and the begrudging acceptance to let Obi Wan meet him. The happiness in Obi Wan's eyes was priceless. And he said the thing, guys. He said hello there. Which was amazing, and I, all memes aside, I think that his delivery was this amazing combination of Alec Guinness's uh, delivery of it and Ewan's portray- uh, portrayal of it in in uh, the uh, in Revenge of the Sith. I think that it was a great mix, and obviously it's a fun little nod to the meme, but it was just fantastic. It makes my heart so happy, and it it got a really hearty chuckle out of me. And then Qui-Gon, we got to see Qui-Gon. I was not expecting that at all. And Liam Neeson's back. I love the, I love the like, oh, it's about time you showed up. Like, just the kind of the grumpy old man shtick. And the line, I was always here, you just weren't ready to see me. It's just like, oh my gosh, like, this is so good. Come on, man. Like, oh my gosh. And that alone... Makes me want just like a little more, but it's not like quite like I want a season two, but it's just like, oh, I want more Qui-Gon. Anyways, I don't know. That's about all that I have for the breakdown. As far as my review, again, the story spent too much time on Reva, but overall it was fantastic. It was exactly what I wanted and needed from this episode. The emotions and action were done so well and worked really, really beautifully. And the choreography was incredible. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. A great way to wrap up this series. As far as the season goes, the show didn't focus enough on Kenobi, which is a real shame. And as much as I love little Leia, she was a bit too big of a focus. Reva took up way too much screen time. Like I said, the Inquisitors should have been secondary. The main conflict should have been between Vader and Kenobi. I've already said a lot of this. Uh, This was all... um, All of this made Kenobi's progression feel a bit rushed and disjointed. I feel like spending a lot of time with the psychology of his guilt and his struggle to move past 
Anakin's fall to the dark side and Order 66 and all of that stuff. And this immense, like, he feels a great deal of responsibility for the fall of the Jedi, for the state of the galaxy. To explore that a little bit more would have been fantastic, but they didn't really do that. They didn't really push the envelope enough in that department, which is disappointing. But at the same time, I think we, we got a lot of good nuggets, but we could have gotten just a little bit more. An interesting thing, I first of all, I would say the show stuck the landing. At the beginning of this, I said you either nail it or it's garbage. I wouldn't say I think that there was a lot of potential that they didn't quite take advantage of, but I think overall it was a great show. There's a theory that all six episodes are meant to mirror the original six movies in like little subtle ways, not like story point outright, but like in episode one, there's a little boy on Tatooine and then a call to action away from Tatooine. In episode two, there's kind of a Coruscant Underworld-esque environment. Uh, in episode three, there's a fight between Kenobi and Vader that ends in one of them being very badly burned. Episode four is rescuing Leia from an Imperial stronghold. Episode five is Imperials besieging and infiltrating a base, putting our heroes on the run. Ends in a very big cliffhanger as well as includes a ship trying to escape the Imperials that has a malfunctioning hyperdrive. And in episode six, you have an emotional confrontation between our hero and our villain and an arc where someone turns away from the dark side when faced with their own trauma. And so do with that what you will. It might be a little bit of a reach, but I thought that that was an interesting thing. And that's not my theory. I took that from the internet, but something that I felt worth mentioning. Um... I think that the show left some stuff on the table, but I wouldn't call it a failure at all. It didn't go in the direction that I was expecting at all. And while I have my gripes, I really, really loved it. As of right now, I would say I'd put it up with The Clone Wars and Mandalorian for my favorite shows. I would say that those two are probably still ahead of it. But I mean, this definitely had some of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars, which cannot be overlooked at all. Overall, super, super pleased. We'll see how it ages in the long run, because I think that a lot of these Star Wars things I either... Really, really love it, or it gets more and more frustrating the further away I get from it. So hopefully it's the former, but we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you all posted on my thoughts. Um, but that being said, that's about all that I have for this I Have Spoken. Let's dive into visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. So I have mixed feelings about the rumored season two of the show. On one hand, we'd get more Kenobi, which is amazing. On the other, they made this a limited series. They went into this with it in mind that it was going to be a limited series. And so to make another season feels like a money grab, which I'm not here for. So it it would need to be done exactly right, and it would need to be better than the season that we got. But also, I don't know where they would go with this story. Like, there's no real main antagonist anymore. You can't really do a Maul story because that gets resolved in Rebels. You can't do more Vader stuff because that got wrapped up pretty nicely. I don't know. I kind of want to see some content with Obi-Wan interacting with Qui-Gon, but that's not really a whole show. So I really, I don't know what they would do for a season two. Anything else feels pretty forced, pun kind of intended. Um, I don't know. I'm I, Overall, I lean towards nah, but like I would approach it with skeptical optimism as I tend to try to do with Star Wars projects. But I'm gonna say probably a no when it comes to uh, when it comes to that. What do I think that this will lead to? Well, 
I wouldn't be surprised if we got a show called something like The Path where we would follow Roken and Reva finding Jedi survivors and Force-sensitive children. My thoughts on that? Eh, I don't know. I think it could be interesting. It depends on who they bring in. Having Quinlan Voss be a, a kind of a, a, a regular character on the show would be amazing. Uh, I think that he's probably the most compelling thing that I could find from that potential show I would need him to be in like every episode for me to be interested in it and they would need to do a much better job of making Reva not so much of a one note character even with her backstory which I find really interesting like I just don't know I I'm not quite on board with it yet and I want to be but I'm not so I would need a lot more development there but you could incorporate characters like Ahsoka you could incorporate characters like Kanan, and um, you, you could incorporate a lot of people into that show, which would make it really cool. But I don't know. I, I'm skeptical just because Reva, Reva kind of got on my nerves in this show. But if they do it right, I'm here for it. If we get some Order 66 flashbacks, I'm more here for it. I'm a sucker for Order 66 content. Y'all already know that. Okay, two loose ends that I think are pretty significant gripes that people have with the show. First of all, why doesn't Leia mention that she knows Obi-Wan in her message to Obi-Wan in A New Hope whenever she's sending the Death Star plans? Well, in the little interaction that Obi-Wan and Leia have whenever he's leaving Alderaan, he says that no one can know because it will put uh, them and the people that they love in danger. So, my thought is, on the off chance that the message was intercepted by the Empire, I think that Leia didn't want her father to be implicated in any of it. So instead of saying something along the lines of, my father like my father enlisted your help to rescue me nine years ago, she went with a more vague message, which still had like a genuine connection where it's like, he knew you in the Clone Wars. Um, so it's not saying like, oh, he sent me to, he's like, maybe he, he told me about you or something like that. I don't know. That's the best that I have. I don't know. But um, be best I got, I, th I think that it works. I'm not too worried about it breaking canon or anything like that. And the last one, which is probably the biggest one, and the thing that people were most concerned about coming into the show was Vader's line in A New Hope saying, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. What does that line mean now? Well, the issue with that is that Vader didn't leave Obi-Wan in the show. It was the other way around. Obi-Wan did the leaving. So, that being said, I think this still refers to Revenge of the Sith, meaning when Anakin left the Jedi, he was still a learner, and now he is a master of the dark side. And um, it could be a reach, but I think that that still works. I think it works well. And I think that it also doesn't present any issues that we might have with the story moving forward. So I'm happy with that. I hope you're happy with that. I don't know if that's correct. I think it's meant to be pretty ambiguous, which I kind of like. Leaves a lot of room for story. But all that said, that's all that I have for this show. I'm really sad that it's over. Six episodes, man. It's not a lot, but guys, we got a lot of content coming up. We got 
both Andor and Bad Batch coming in the fall. They're going to be releasing at the same time for a little bit. So Andor's coming out August 31st. Bad Batch is coming out September 28th. We're going to have six weeks, I think, five or six weeks, when Bad Batch and Andor are coming out at the same time. We're also getting an animated short series called Tales of the Jedi, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and then we get Mandalorian. February of next year, we're getting Vision Season 2. We got a ton of content coming out. Skeleton Crew, Ahsoka, so much stuff. And man, this was a fun ride. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. I like the show a lot. And man, I'm sad that it's over, but I'm glad that it stuck the landing. And yeah, that's about it. This has been a big week for me. I had three episodes out last week. had my 100th episode this past Monday. So if you haven't listened to any of those, go ahead and check them out. And now we got our Kenobi finale. And I'm just glad that I'm happy about it. Um, And I hope that y'all are too. And I hope that y'all enjoyed it. So I'm going to stop talking now. And uh, I'm just going to say that you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you. And I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.